How do you teach your kids spirituality outside of religion? Hey guys, welcome to the Out of Control Podcast. I'm Matthew. And I'm Molly. And this is the Out of Control Podcast, where we talk about all things living out of control. Out of the control. Out of the control. In an out of control world. <laughs> <laughs> Life seems to want to send the message that we should control more of what's around us. Control ourselves. Because we'll get the outcome that we want if we do that. Yeah. And control our kids, control our finances, control everything. And I don't know that that's necessarily all bad, but maybe there's a little bit of the answer we're looking for in living out of control. Yeah. So we talk about things related to relationships, parenting, spirituality, sexuality, and all the other things that are impacted by this desire to live in the control. All right, let's get after <laughs> it. So out of control. So today we thought it would be good to talk about how is it that we teach our kids spirituality without a organized religion organized religion because um, we've done it both ways both ways yeah and we don't think there's anything inherently wrong with choosing to do it with an organized religion no. but i will say mm -hmm. that i've seen a lot of beauty mm -hmm. doing it without. doing doing the outside of that yeah well there's definitely it, it, on one hand, it takes more effort, right? But because in, in the same way that we homeschool, uh, you have to put together the curriculums yeah. and things like but that. There is and, so much beauty in the freedom. Yeah. And, but it's not what people think, I think. I think, people think, think? people think, well, I think people think, oh, you just don't want, I think when you say freedom from religion, there's sort of a context of you're not willing to follow the rules. And so you, you want to just do whatever you want to do. And that's to me not what it's about. No, it's not about being able to do it. In fact, there's things that I restrict in my life. Well, I think it's still... making a whole different set of rules or values or principles or codes to live by. Like I don't think it's just throw caution to the wind and, and do whatever you want, whenever you want, however you want. Yeah. And disregard everybody and everything. Yeah. I that I don't. That's not true freedom. Right, right. At the end of the day, freedom is the capacity to experience the wholeness of what life has to offer, yeah. right? Yeah, and I think sometimes mm -hmm. if you have too much control, outside control, mm -hmm. it restricts your ability to have that freedom. And so I think you, you miss out on the wholeness, Yeah, which sounds really backwards and weird. Mm-hmm. And that's really not what our podcast is about. That might be an interesting podcast to do. Ex experiencing wholeness yeah. after 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 religion. Religion, yeah, that would be because I don't think a lot of people that are inside mm -hmm. religion mm -hmm. probably believe that's a possibility. Yeah, I think. Well, it, it's sort of a, a catch twenty two. There's there's so many beautiful things that I think come from a religious society. Yeah. Right. Uh, and so with the beauty, um, there can be a tendency for manipulation and or I would call it coercion yeah. of sorts that, that sort of encourages just people. both forms of control. Yeah. That that basically sort of has someone question, could they get the good outside of this structure? So we could do that on a different podcast. But yeah. today we're going to focus on how we have taught 
um, spirituality to or our created kids. a spiritual practice within yeah. our family. Yeah. With, with our kids yeah. without the structure, because I think that if you're in this now, I want, I want to make a quick comment. Um, we might have different listeners and if you have a religious practice, we're not here trying to talk you out of that. In fact, I think that, um, what we're going to talk about really could magnify your own religious practice potentially. Yeah. Um, because the behavioral patterns that we're talking about could, could follow or fall into that, the, you know, a, a model. It's nothing that's particular to not having religion. Yeah. But I, but I think the reason why I want to have this conversation is because I think many people that have a religion, um, sometimes maybe struggle with the religion that they're in, or they, they feel stuck in that religion, but, but there are, there are incongruencies that they feel. And so, but, but they stay, because they feel like without it, they would not have spirituality. Or they'd be, yeah, you'd be lost. And they'd be lost. Um, so I, just to touch on that, just one more second, and then we'll dive into the, to the real talk. Oh, oh fun facts. Yeah. I'm okay. glad you remember that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, like, with religion, mm-hmm. and then I also look, because we homeschool, mm-hmm. so like public school, right. I think sometimes when you have something that's super organized right. and already laid out for you, mm-hmm. Um, it almost becomes a crutch, whereas and you kind of do less of the work and you kind of leave it up to everybody else. Mm-hmm. And so I think you miss out on on some things when you do that, when you rely solely on an outside source. Yeah, I, I think that's the great reason for and challenge of. Yeah. Well, I think outside institutions. Yeah, you, you, get, you get the beauty mm-hmm. and the freedom when you homeschool or you create your own spiritual practice, Mm -hmm. but it also is kind of scary and takes a form of and a certain level of commitment. Yeah. And and part of what we want to do is like show you that that commitment, though it does take a commitment, it's not a huge commitment. It's not, it's It's not not as, yeah, it's it's not not as as hard as complicated or challenging as I think sometimes people make it. Um, I don't think we do like what we do is actually quite simple. And I, I love simple. Yeah, and <laughs> and it's you already spend a lot of time in effort with the homeschool stuff, so we don't have a lot of extra energy to put into this other sort of curriculum building model for creating a spiritual practice. Right. Well, I think anything that feels too hard or forced mm-hmm. it, it is not going to have longevity. Yeah, yeah. So before we get into this conversation of how do you create spirituality without religion, yeah. uh, let's do some fun facts so uh with that being said guys this is fun facts with matt and molly (laughs) but i don't have mine yet so you go first okay so uh my fun fact is that i am probably feeling more excited and more myself than i've ever felt in a long long time recently and I mentioned this briefly in another podcast, but I just I just have to have to say my fun fact is that I now have I have my very own. It's actually called a night rod, a 2006 oh. night rod. It's a Harley Davidson. It's my first Harley Davidson I've ever owned. I've been a Harley Davidson fan for a long time. Yeah, because those bikes are expensive. Yeah, but. I I got an amazing deal on this bike. Um, so as if you heard our podcast a few weeks ago where we talked about our son getting a motorcycle, 
I uh, realized that the only way to really teach him effectively was if I had my own motorcycle. And so I went and bought, actually searched, and I found, I looked at all sorts of motorcycle. Any of my motorcycle guys that are listening, if there's anybody, is there one? Is there one You're out there? Please write a review. I still see you watching YouTube. Well, now that you buy a bike, you have to figure out all the upgrades you want to make. To it. They are super fun. There is nothing. Okay, I'm. I'm just gonna say it. Mm-hmm. Is very sexy and masculine mm-hmm. to sit behind your guy on a motorcycle. Mm-hmm. And and I think it takes takes a lot of trust. Yeah, yeah. Like obviously, it's a bike and. You could get hurt on it really easily because mm-hmm. there's about a million other people on the road. Yeah. But it also takes a person who feels confident mm-hmm. in their ability to drive a motorcycle. Yeah. Oh man, it's so great. So it it's fun. I I enjoy it, and it's like I have like mixed feelings about it. <laughs> yeah, it's dangerous, right? And we talk about that on the other podcast about the importance of balancing. Um, but if you, especially if you live in a pretty place, oh. yeah. Yeah. So, so I've been in heaven, uh, having my, uh, V-Rod. You can actually find that at, at Matthew Goldenelmer, I think at, in, on Instagram. That's mine. There's a picture You got of it, it the day after Father's Day. Yeah. I, I got you some good gifts. You did. I got good but gifts. But I'm also Father's taking Day. credit for that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I actually, the guy that sold this beam was incredible. His brother had passed away and his brother had owned it and several other bikes and several other cars. And they, he kept it in amazing condition and it, it, it was, only has yeah. 4,800 miles on it. So it's really low mileage 2006, but it looks brand it's really, new. It's really good looking bike. Um, it also right now in in a world where it's hard to purchase a second car because yeah. we're still, we're yeah. going to do that because come late fall, early winter yes, motorcycles yes. are not, mm-hmm. um, we, we, we traveled on the road with our RV for two and a half years and then we landed and we had been living with one car for so long, uh, while living in the RV. It, yeah. And, and so we were kind of used just, to it. It just and made so, sense yeah. financially to just do one car. Yeah. Well, we didn't, I, I work from home. You work from home. Our kids literally Homeschool. work across the street. They yeah. go to school across the street. Like it's, everything's walking distance. Um, we've even actually walked to the movie theater before. <laughs> like it's that, like everything is super close. That was like a two mile walk. But yeah, but it, I'm, what yeah. I'm saying is like no, yeah. grocery stores and everything, not that we'd walk to the grocery store, but, but we live so close to everything that any, when anybody that needs a car needs it for like, but now that we want minute. a second car, we yeah. can't get it. It's hard yeah. um, because Benny's well, about to get his picky. learner's yeah. permit and he's going to yeah. be 16 next January. So we will get a second car, but back to your motorcycle, yeah. you having a motorcycle, like Tyler has one, but it's, mm-hmm. it, it's not going to fit you. Like it fits him. Cause you guys are yeah. four or five inches different. Yeah. And his doesn't have a second seat. Mm-hmm. So you getting motorcycles is actually helpful because if Tyler wants to use the car to go pick up friends or whatever, then we still yeah. have. Yeah. Now, the only thing is if you and Tyler take the car out together, which like you have, I don't know. You're going to have to get your motorcycle license. I know. I'm probably going to have to learn how to drive a bike, but that's another topic for another day. So yeah. my fun fact is yes. that, what is my fun fact? I don't know. This has been a really good year. It, it hasn't been like super smooth sailing, but mm-hmm. I'm excited to move. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of anticipating that now yeah. in a good way. Mm-hmm. And we have some vacations coming up mm-hmm. and I'm going to, I've been planning homeschool for the fall, but I'm also excited because um, after the summer kind of comes to an end and I feel all prepped for homeschool, we're going to sit down and talk about um, 
dreams. Like we're mm-hmm. actually going to like really talk about them, like making them a reality. Yeah. So that's I don't know. That's exciting. Yeah. You're just excited about. I like dreaming. Dreaming that's my a little. Fun fact. I have big dreams. I think um, on this note, we, we've sometimes, uh, we've sometimes in our relationship, um, I've taken on, it's funny cause I'm very comfortable dreaming myself because I feel like I can dream within the perspectives of what is capa- what is capable. And sometimes some of your dreams have been challenging for me because you want this thing and it feel, and it's interesting that your dreams sometimes have felt like pressure to me. Whereas my dreams feel like, Oh, well, I would only conceive of a dream. It may be huge. I mean, mm-hmm. I dreamed of being on Inc. 5,000, 500. Yeah. I hit Inc. 600, but fastest growing companies but that was a dream that seemed impossible but it was in my control right and sometimes i think what's been interesting for me is i've struggled with making space for your dreams uh and not taking them on as pressures and so i think in our relationship progression we've gotten better at, or i've gotten to a different place with that where and that's what i think feels that you're expressing feels exciting and so acknowledging that i i'm, I'm acknowledging that i've struggled with this like i haven't been great about the space for your dreams in our world together and so i I think i've tried to i've been more like hey you want that you want to go run and and i guess it's not fair i'm not saying that i've never done that like you wanted to go run disney half marathon i made that happen like we we traveled you know but but i'm i'm more talking about like let's take both of our like let's talk about your dreams and my dreams and let's merge them together yeah and And we traveled around the country which was uh, somewhat of a shared dream like but but we've we sort of did this thing where we lived life fully. We we made a lot of money at a relatively young age with young kids and then watched a lot of it disappear. And so we lived a bunch of dreams in a very inexpensive way. I mean, it wasn't like the not everybody could live like that, yeah. but but it was not as expensive as some people live. And now we're we're we had to do like a reset and we're building some other things now and and so it's this time though we're trying to get more in line with what we're i don't it's weird to describe maybe i'm not making any sense yeah so there's a more in syncness yeah. of what we're creating now together yeah including this podcast yeah so thanks for going on this journey with us if you're listening and with that if you want to keep listening then subscribe and, and review uh, because that helps the podcast grow and if you know anybody that would enjoy these conversations then share it with them yeah. just be like hey uh these guys sound like people you'd enjoy listening to just love to share them with you um today they're talking Send about them your favorite this episode. yeah it's this is i like this episode it just kind of has some interesting i'd love to hear your perspective on it it's an okay. easy way to share the podcast but now let's okay all right all right let's I'm get to the like, topic let's get to the topic so the topic <laughs> is how to create a spiritual practice after you leave religion yeah so uh, first of all, I'll, I'll, let's talk about why this is important. And I think the reason why it's important is because some of us do go through, uh, whether you want to call it faith transitions or faith experiences where maybe you're even staying in your religion, but you don't fully agree with everything that exists in the religious practice. Um, there were things, some things for us, and we're not going to go into like really talking about, we don't feel it's our calling in life to, to speak a lot about our religion, but um, as it related to um, the experience of homosexuality and um, 
uh, and whatnot, we, we didn't necessarily fall in line with our belief systems on that. And then some other belief systems as well. And so we, it, it caused us to look at fully what it is that we believed. And so that led us to a path of deciding to step away from the religions that we grew up with. Yeah. And we grew up in the same religion. Yeah. So, um, we have family that are very close to that religion and we appreciate the value that that brings to them though we don't agree with all the concepts and yeah. so we're not here to bash on anybody's belief systems yeah. we're but, just really going to talk about what comes after yeah but once you go to that place where you're like hey i want to step away from something if you have chosen spirituality if you if you still believe that there is a god out there well i don't even i think you can even be more broad okay you don't even i think you can have a spiritual practice because to me spirituality is all about energy okay interesting. Right? say more okay well i i think you could go as broad as just saying there is some divine power mm-hmm. that has manifested human race the planets and everything else that we have no clue about like i just think there's so much more out there mm-hmm than we know. So and, how and, would you define spirituality? Um, how would I define, I'm really bad at defining things. I feel like you're really concise and I'm like all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> but to me, spirituality uh-huh. is a sense of, um, coming home. Okay. Coming to know oneself. Okay. Through The connection. The connection that we all share. I'm just watching her hands and she's doing this <laughs> thing that looks like connection. So that's where. <laughs> yeah, I would say that. It's, yeah. it's, it's a coming home and knowing who you are innately, like not your body. Mm-hmm. Like you can call it whatever you want, spirit or soul. Mm-hmm. And how that is connected energetically to every person and mm-hmm. everything and every living entity. Mm-hmm. And, um, so in that way, for me, mm-hmm. there's a lot of different modalities I can go about. And, and the more I learn, mm-hmm. the less I know. Yeah. Yeah. And, really and the more open I become yeah. and the more, um, curiosity take hold, takes hold. Like I am a person, you're going to start laughing. I like to be right. No, wait, you. But I have found in my journey with spirituality, I don't have to be right. I don't know what right is. Mm-hmm. I, and it allows me to connect with more people yeah. because I don't have the answers. And so I can be open to just hear what they believe mm-hmm. or where they sit or what they've learned. And mm-hmm. I can take it in mm-hmm. and I can say, huh, that's interesting. I want to learn more. Or like, oh, I'm not there right now. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to put that over here. Yeah. Or, or for this reason, I don't maybe necessarily agree with that concept, but I can appreciate it. Right. Yeah. But I think we've had some of the coolest conversations with my brother yeah. and his wife. Oh, yeah. About spirituality. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Amazing. So I don't know if that is a good definition. Well, to, I, I, I think, think how I would more. summarize it is for yeah. me, spirituality is our relationship to ourselves and the the universe or God or whatever is in participation with the us that is yeah. right. So, so spiritual practices would therefore be practices that, that enhance that expand your relationship to self yeah. and your relationship to God 
or the universe or others, right? Yeah. So it actually, you know, you could then, then you, you know, when you kind of define it that way, it actually allows for everything from, you know, a personal development practice, like building better habits or, you know, yeah. to, or, or, or even how do I become healthier? You could say that's technically sort of a spiritual practice. Now, when we talk about spiritual practice, we are talking a little bit more of a sort of personal development, a little bit more of a exploration yeah. of meta metaphysical and, or, faith or uh, yeah. belief systems like we we try to expand it beyond like maybe what we teach at a homeschool like how to do math or we'll call it the energetic realm yeah so <laughs> it's it's this practice of let's explore what it is now like i said some of our spiritual practices have gone into person what would really fit into like yeah classic personal development yeah and they're and they're good yeah but they're actually that those haven't been my like favorite things sure. we've done yeah for well, you're very energetic mo energetically motivated person yeah. Or I don't know if motivated is the right word, but like, yeah. I um, mean, we talked about uh, meditation in our last podcast right. and I talked about breath work and yeah. I mean, we are all made up of energy. We are energy. Yeah. So to me, those are the things I, I like to talk about the most in our spiritual. So type. I think if you start there and you say, okay, so spiritualness for mm -hmm. our family means that we are working on enhancing our relationships with ourselves and our relationships with, with others with, at least. Yeah. And if you do believe that possibly there's a intelligence out there that helps coordinate yeah. that, then it would also be the relationship. So right, cause it's maybe you're sitting connection in connection between yeah. yourself and yeah. Well, like I can appreciate that and I'm not going to say who this is, but one of the, one of the people we talk about, he's kind of gone on a journey where he didn't believe in God for a little while or, or is more skeptical about his god belief but he still believes in a spiritual practice mm -hmm. that's almost led him back into a consideration of god yeah and so I, I think that wherever you're at we're not here to say anything's right or wrong i think that the point is that we all see the value in 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 expanding ourselves well i think it's created this space mm -hmm. for this thirst of knowledge yeah of what 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 don't i know yeah. about me yeah and about how i'm connected right to everyone and to maybe a higher power yeah um so and i don't know it's really i don't know it's been fun yeah it absolutely has and so uh what we so what what have we done so so well, I what think we had before was a place to go where our kids were fed information every that sunday fit into certain parameters at which point we agreed with most of those things. And then sometimes they bring things home and we'd be like, oh, that teacher might have had a little different perspective than we have. So we'll kind of clarify yeah. I that. I think when we decided to officially walk away, mm -hmm. it had gotten to the point where we, we couldn't, there was more unlearning that I felt we had to do with our kids mm -hmm. than actual um, things that complemented. Yeah. what they were what we were learning at we, church we would never say that there was no good being taught there or even to this day that there is no good being taught in that religion however when you're weighing the things that are going into your children's minds you have to weigh like could this be done could we optimize this in a different way now we are very active parents and i get that not everybody has a great relationship with their kids not everybody I, you know we're really lucky and, and I give my parents a ton of credit for the way that they taught us to be in conversation okay. well, about life, because even though it was, it was, it was to me kind of, it was always rooted in the religion. We were talking about life a lot and that was valuable. And so like I had a 
communicative relationship with my parents. We communicated a lot. We weren't a family where it was like, oh, I don't want to talk to my parents. I don't want to tell them anything. Well, I, I just yeah. want to take a step back. Okay. And I have mixed feelings when people say, you're so lucky or I'm so lucky. Because I, I felt like we've created the life that we have right now. It hasn't okay. been just dumb luck. We no, haven't sat back just and, luck. Yeah. and done nothing. I don't know. So Well, I also know that a lot of people well, have no, had no, they have parents that they we, did not have any sort of relationship with. They do not have an example no, 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 of you, communication. Right. Circumstances have played out Yeah, and, and lucky in that way. But also your, your parents also created the life that no, they, they shared did. with you. Right. Yeah. So. No, I don't think my parents, well, my mom maybe did. I, I, don't, I don't know that I know the communication level, but I know my mom had a really good relationship with her parents. I mean, I'm sure there were things, right? But but there, it's a positive relationship. Right. So you, my dad with his parents, there's a lot of love there, but I don't know that communication was was deep and in the same way that he brought to our family. Right. So right? not everyone experiences luck in their circumstances, but I think everybody can eventually get to a place where they can create or yeah, surrender. We, yeah, we, we, that's, a whole that's why we're sharing this podcast, right? right. We, everybody has access to people now yeah. that can give them an example of how to potentially create the life they want. And if, and if, if you're struggling and yeah. if your family and your kids, you're having trouble talking to your kids or having a relationship, start with the beginning of this podcast and listen yeah. to some of our parenting podcasts. I've learned it just takes one person to influence you yeah. one time in your life and it can put you on a different trajectory. It's like a domino effect because yeah. like certain Instagrammers that I follow, mm -hmm. they've had huge impact mm -hmm. on my life. Oh yeah. And it seems silly, but yeah. I think so also be aware of what you consume. Yeah. Absolutely. Because it, it can impact you for, for the good or for the bad, which is, which is part of where this whole thing goes. So I right? hope we're impacting people for the good. Yeah. And so, so the first thing to say is after you define spirituality is regardless of what I know about communicating mm -hmm. with my kids, I can start now. You can always start where you're at with something. I don't think it's ever too late. Yeah. And I think the easiest thing to do is, okay, what's not working. So mm -hmm. I think that's kind of how a faith transition starts. Cause you start seeing these things or what's not working. Yeah. So then when you leave an organized religion, mm -hmm. you've, you've kind of figured out what is not working. Yeah. So you have, then the next question is, okay, well, um, what do I want it to look like? Yeah. And then you can figure out, okay, this is what will work. Yeah. Or so, I'm going to so try for this. Example, one of the things we experienced with our son was something called scrupulosity. And Mo Molly obviously has expressed that she has some OCD. And our oldest son is a lot like her. Actually looks like she looked when he, he was. He is like my twin version in male form. Yeah. <laughs> so you look at pictures of Molly when she was young and it looks like Tyler. It's and it's not just us. Anyone yeah. who sees a picture of me at a young age is like, oh my gosh, that is Tyler. Yeah. So maybe we can post that on Instagram somewhere. So when this releases, I'll post a picture. Okay. So check out at stream and freedom, S T R E A M I N freedom, freedom, no G. And, uh, you can see that picture. So, but so Tyler was 
in a place. And I had this experience where I, um, we would do something called blessings in our family. And so I gave him a blessing where I lay hands on his head, like father's, blessing. father's blessing, which I, I still think these are beautiful practices, um, that connect uh, fathers and sons. Um, obviously I sit in a different place now. I think a lot of religions, ways, but Christian yeah. based religion, uh, Christian religion, they pray, can pray over your kids. Yeah. So it's very similar to that. Yeah. So, um, but in that, um, there was sort of a expression of, a, I felt inclined to to express to him that he was forgiven of his sins, and um, and I still believe in this connection with God. And and I once again I'm kind of piecing some things together in my life now. But this 11 year old boy was feeling so much shame, and this is not a kid who was engrossed in evil doings or bad yeah. things. This was not a kid that was he his struggles were. I'm trying to be giving to my brother and play the video games he wants to play, but I also have desires to do my own things and I'm struggling with feeling bad that I'm not always charitable, right? And and so for me I had to step back and look at what 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 is causing this in my child, right? And I'm not saying that it was just no, the, the religious yeah. practices. But, but Tyler came to me at a separate time mm-hmm. when we were traveling full time and you were gone and mm-hmm. He started crying and he's like, I'm doing everything I'm supposed to do, but I'm not happy. Yeah. Yeah. And so what we, we, we just had to, we, we stepped back and we, and that's kind of the, what was not working. Yeah. Right. And so and it happened the over question, a period yeah, of years, like, yeah, yeah. Well, and we were encouraging him like, Oh, you're so, you're such a good boy. You're so you're doing just what God wants you to do. Like yeah. you're like, we were, we were, we were putting pressure on him. We were unbeknownst to. Yeah, we were encouraging him in the same way that we were encouraged, yeah. right? That was this is the way of righteousness, and and so what we what we started to see was that that was creating a tremendous amount of pressure and shame, and um and that this was just one of the pieces that for us we we realized we needed a different way, yeah. And so um, what we found, what we said was, okay, what we want is a way to teach our kids to experience life and experience progression without shame right so after we figured out what didn't work then we have to figure out okay well what do we want this new life to look like yeah what are the principles that we feel like we could teach our kids and what and then where really where it goes is and who has a who effectively shares these principles right Mm -hmm. so from there um what we what we've done is we found different books people and programs and or our own processes Mm -hmm. that we then share with our kids on a weekly basis, pretty much. Yeah. I mean, we're not perfect. I don't want people to take away that we have done this every single Sunday since we left an organized religion. Yeah. But Um, we do it more often than not. Yes. And we call it spiritual time. Yes. And it's anywhere from 30 minutes Mm -hmm. to an hour. Yeah. Occasionally Uh, an hour and a half, but usually it's about an hour. And it usually involves in reading mm-hmm. or watching something right. and then discussing. Yes. And I didn't realize I could enjoy spiritual time as, as much as I have. Yeah. Now it doesn't always go smoothly. Sometimes the kids are like not into it and they feel kind of checked out or yeah. Matt's super tired and starts to fall asleep or <laughs> yeah, the kids are like trying things. to rough out. But it's Even, got to where they're kind of, they're, they, I don't know if I would say they necessarily look forward to it, but they, 
know what to expect and they value it. Yeah. It started off really rough. I think with any new thing you implement in a family where no one wanted to take turns reading and no one wanted to input into the discussion. They didn't want to answer questions. They didn't want to give their own feedback, their own thoughts. It was literally Matt and myself leading. Well, uh, pretty quickly I was like, all right, so this is one of the tricks I did is I said, okay, here's the deal. I'm going to ask you a question about what we read. If you get it right, that will be a mark for you. If we get three marks for you, then we'll find a good stopping point. If you cannot respond as if you were listening. <laughs> no, what's the funny thing? Then that if one person copies the other person. What oh, they, they call it, it copywriting. Oh, copy. Yeah. Don't be a copywriter. <laughs> yeah. So, so that, so we started out with like, Hey, look, if you respond with competent answers that are participating in the conversation, that's a credit. And if the group itself, meaning all three kids participate and, bring credit uh, and you can create any sort of point system five ten yeah. three whatever then then we'll move towards concluding the conversation yeah. if you guys are not we'll review we'll rewind we'll go back we'll keep going until we're participating and it only took a couple times of doing that until we don't have to do that anymore because yeah. now they just know okay well we don't want this to go on forever but then they actually get engaged and it goes Sometimes on for 30 like to 45 minutes they everyone wants to comment yeah. and discuss that it like we just we have to remember to take turns because everyone sometimes people get excited they're yeah. like oh like i want to share this or well multiple times with benny specifically i've thought oh he's not even paying attention and then he'll make a comment and i'll be like oh wow that was a really he was paying attention and his thoughts about this were really really good which is yeah. i think the second point well what i don't know what point we're on but <laughs> another critical point and if you're doing this with your family is this is not a teaching model it's a discussion model yeah it's not hey kids let me teach you about being spiritual let me teach you these principles and how to live life when you get the ball rolling when it's first Mm -hmm. brand new you you need a parent to lead it as an ask the questions that will help start a discussion but it's not mom or dad sitting there yeah preaching well even with you and i i had to kind of help you to understand that when i ask questions like because this my dad did a great job of of teaching this way Mm -hmm. and he used scriptures and stuff and we just use different books but um but but you would sometimes like answer the question i'd be like babe i'm not really asking you to answer the question i'm actually trying to ask the question so that the kids can participate with us right and so we had to kind of develop our own little flow with each other of like oh okay this is about start discussing until the kids have kind of chimed in yeah it works better if they chime in first because otherwise Usually Molly, if she's going to make a comment, it's going to be a good comment. So it's going to like always, yeah. So it's going to thwart the the conversation. So we've we've done some books. The I I think the first book we did in the it was the the first mm-hmm. time we started implementing spiritual time mm-hmm. was You Are Here mm-hmm. by Thich Nhat Hanh. Yeah, which is a great book. Thich Nhat Hanh. Thich Nhat Hanh. Yeah, I can't say his name very well, um, but. It was a great, it was, so it was about presence. It was sort of, it's, so, a, it's a short read as in, it's not a big book, but it's deep. And yeah. so you're just, we're just doing little bits, bits of at a time and then really discussing it. And yeah, that book was like short reads, longer discussions. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and then one of the things that we like to do with the discussions is, okay, so what's the concept? Let's, let's explore whatever sort of topic that we're discussing maybe it's about presence or it's about being here i remember there was like three things like do i see I, you I, I hear you i value you right and so then it's like okay so we'll ask tyler like okay tyler as a 15 year old boy 
how does this apply to your friendships, right? Or Nick, with your brothers, how does this apply to your relationship with them? So we ask them to take the principles that we're exploring with them and and to explore them in their lives. And that's really what I think catches fire is when they realize that these things that we're reading aren't just they're not just out here out there for one day yeah Yeah. they're not good for you know getting into heaven in the next life or when you're an adult and you have kids they're like applicable now yeah right we bring it back to how is how are we experiencing this life through our like coming back to us yeah our wholeness Mm -hmm. so and our connection to others yeah and and so it it and and we've done so 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 the process is this one establish that spirituality is important to your family and and we try to do it we don't do it at the same time every sunday but we try to do it kind of like consistently yeah after usually it's like 11 to 1 yeah on sundays somewhere between that to our time period yeah although today it's gonna be a little later um but and and so it's like create some sort of consistency so they know when to expect it two are three expect them to be there expect that everybody has to be there now you and i have a little bit different perspective on participation you're kind of like i'm okay if they're there i don't care if they participate i'm kind of like well i want them to participate but mm-hmm. i get it sometimes you're just not yeah. feeling it yeah and so i don't want it forced but but because we've been doing it for a while they i think they more they naturally participate but yeah. i wanted them to know that they had the choice to participate yeah. at the beginning so a couple of things on that. We do ask them to... Um, devices are put away. Put their devices away, headphones off. No blankets over the head. They need to be sitting up or laying down in a observant position. Yeah. They can't be laying on the floor with their eyes closed, yeah. right? So, so we do ask, and then one of the things we've obviously done is meditation. So we do ask if we're going to do it, that they participate in the activity that we're doing. Um and then, so, so, so those are some of the expectations that we set for them. Um, and, and we just say, look, just trust that over time, this is going to seem valuable. I get that it doesn't right now, but if you're willing to go on the journey, I, I promise you this will be worth it. And if you've built trust with them, I think they'll see that. And then from there, now that you've kind of got this sort of framework of what it's going to be like, the next thing I would say is do your best to have not just you read. So now our oldest Tyler likes to read and he almost kind of doesn't let anybody else read. But yeah. I think there's value in rotating Wait, the yeah. reading. I think there's value in having multiple copies of the same book. Another really valuable thing. Yeah. yeah it helps to follow along. Yeah. So you could buy everybody the book if you wanted to, or we usually have like a couple copies and kind of hand yeah. around. Um, you could also probably download it on a kindle or whatever yeah you have one hard copy yeah there's been a couple books where we've actually just played the audio um we tend to like to have read better for some reason yeah um but but you could do it that way too if you want to just download the audio there's not a right way to do this we're just kind of giving you some suggestions so so then you listen to a piece now and then here's the key you don't just read the whole chapter and then talk about it so you read a few paragraphs or three or four paragraphs and then you pause and you say, okay, you know, whoever's reading, okay, let's let's hold on for a second. It really is just intuitive. Yeah. As you're listening, yeah. you naturally will find a good stopping point. Yeah. Because you have some key concept or whatever you want to talk yeah. about. Yeah. And then ideally when you do pause, don't start with your own thoughts, but start rather with start with a question 
that would engage your kids. And it doesn't have to be complicated. It can be simple like, okay, what did you guys get out of this? Or what did you understand? What do you guys think? Why Why are we reading this? Why do you think this is or important? Or what did you like most? What did you like most about it, right? Um, and then we do watch out for copywriting. So sometimes one kid will say something and the next kid will repeat and then they call each they, other out yeah. on copywriting. Yeah. <laughs> so, so we do try to encourage new thought. Yeah. Um, although we don't overly badger someone if they can't come up with yeah. anything, then we try to have enough of these pauses that everybody participates. Yeah. And then, uh, and then after that, and then, and then try to have some of the questions really apply to their lives, like really get them to think about their school, their friends, their, their life, their interactions with you. And then another huge thing that I think is that we also bring up how we don't always live these principles perfect, perfectly. So we'll share, we'll call you out on it. Yeah. (laughs) They have. So they're like, oh yeah, you and mom and dad need to work on that, right? So so be open with expressing that this is something that you're also working on yeah. developing um, because it allows them to go, oh, if mom and dad are learning these things and they are maybe have understood these things, but they're still working on them, it's okay for me to be working on them. Yeah. And that's really the goal is to, is to develop a practice that says I'm on a journey of progress yeah. in my relationship to myself, in my relationship to others and relationship to whatever God is for me. Yeah. And I don't actually know if all of our kids would believe in the same God in the same way. Sometimes we'll talk about them with that, but it's what's cool is, well, I think they've seen us. Look, I think I'm constantly kind of shifting mm -hmm. and figuring out and like picking things up and being like, does this, how does this feel? Yeah. Putting it back down or, Mm -hmm that we're creating a space for them to explore for mm-hmm. themselves. Yeah. And and there's there's not a time limit. Yeah. Or a right way to do it. Yeah. And clearly we don't have it all figured out. Right. So to me this is a lifelong exploration. Exploration, yeah. But that but that it's important to explore. It's very important to and explore. And that's that, that's kind yeah. of the point think, is that yeah. if you stuckness comes when we stop exploring and so by or teaching, complacency yeah and so by valuing the exploration we feel like we're encouraging them to come up with their own version of spirituality yeah. so that they have some sort of connectedness to themselves to others and to whatever god or, or exists well i was i was reading a, a book the other day it's mm-hmm. called the next right thing yeah she has a podcast too and mm-hmm. she's very christian sure um so she uh talks a lot of like God is infused in her book. It's a sure. great book. Sure. And yeah. I'm still trying to figure out what I yeah. believe. Um, but I was reading, Nick wanted to like read a chapter with me. Mm-hmm. And so I, I read it out loud and then it talks, it says God and Nick's like, I know mom, it could be God. It could be the universe. It could be power, whatever you want it to be. It's <laughs> <laughs> cute. That's cute. Well, and I want to just say something to this because I think one of the frameworks that was different is that when I was in a structured religion, I felt bad for people that had the uncertainty of they didn't know. And so if you're listening and there's a little part of you that's like, oh, I feel bad for them. They don't know. What's been interesting to me was in all the knowingness that I had, um, there were pieces still missing in my heart and it was hard to see and it was hard to acknowledge but, and I'm not asking you to go on the journey I've gone on. I'm not telling anybody they need to. But I would, I would also invite you to consider that people on other spiritual journeys might actually be experiencing 
a more openness and a more expansive energy in the not knowing than they ever did in the knowing. And that actually for us has been very beautiful. It, it, the, the valuing of certainty is actually in my mind, a trait of humanity. And because we need so much certainty in this life, it's, it's easy to claim rightness or righteousness in the certainty. And in reality, I've found that there's actually some real power in the exploration. And I believe that if there is a God, possibly he's a God who's consistently exploring and experiencing more. That that is what there is. I mean, imagine if you were a being who had everything, knew everything, had all love. What else would there be other than the experience of moreness? And so that for me has been something that has actually been very connecting to God. The, The unknowingness and the exploration has been something that to me connects me to God's way versus disconnects me as another way of seeing it. I guess I would introduce to someone who maybe feels differently than us. So regardless of whether or not you believe in a structured God, a Trinity, a Christian God, a Hindu God, a Muslim God, a Buddhist model of God or any other, or, or you're atheist, we hope that maybe you'll consider developing some sort of spiritual practice for your kids in your life. And so once again, we've given you some structures, a couple other ideas or places to get information or get uh, like concepts to teach would be books, obviously. Um, Maybe there's even YouTube or other videos that are spiritual. We think there's some interesting things on the Gaia app, G-A-I. I a mm-hmm. I call it spiritual Netflix. Yeah, it's like the spiritual Netflix. So you could explore some of those arenas mm-hmm. with your kids. Um, there are obviously you could use an audiobook versus a physical book. Um, there are all sorts of spiritual programs. You could watch uh, if you Christian, you could watch The Chosen mm-hmm. and talk about the life of Christ and and the example of what that was. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could study and read the history of a uh, our, our biography of buddha and talk about that um so there you there's so much you could do or you could read books like we've read um you know seven habits of highly effective families yeah. uh you could read you know uh tony robbins books are quite big uh we've read some books uh, by a guy named bob berg uh, the adversaries and allies was a really good set of concepts for yeah. our kids so uh sometimes our books are more personal development sometimes they're very some of the stuff we've read have been more in the very spiritual realm um, but just go on the journey and explore yeah. all the different resources that you're that are out there for yeah. you, and then talk about them and figure out together what makes sense for you and your family. It's pretty cool. Yeah, so, I think so. <laughs> it's one of our favorite things that we do as a family, and we think we actually th- I think our kids enjoy it as well. I, I would say that that's something that they value and appreciate, and yeah. we hope that it gives them a structure that if they choose not to have a religion in their life, um, that they can still have a spiritual practice and structure that could serve their children one day if they choose to have children so which they all say they're probably going to so which is cool so (laughs) i know like no pressure like yeah you don't have to have kids but if you do that that will be really fun (laughs) yeah Yeah. and it's been i think that although our oldest is a little slow to date um i think they all see themselves as having families yeah from what they talk about it like they nick will of course he talks about all the time so it'll be interesting to see what happens but like the other day Mm-hmm. I said something to Tyler like, you know, there's never pressure. You don't have to have mm-hmm. kids. 
I said, but if you do, that will be really fun to be a grandma. Cause I think I was like, Oh, you're, if you ever have kids, your kids can call me Mimi. And he was like, Mm-mm. I'm like, oh, okay, clearly you feel passionate about that. He was like, oh, no, I want kids. Yeah. So, but, he, but I'm not allowed to be called Mimi. So apparently mm, another, <laughs> another I'm just going to let them decide whatever they want their kids yeah. to call me. I think our point is, I think that we want our kids to feel like having a family has tremendous value. Yeah. It has been Which tremendously I, valuable. I think for they us. feel that. Yeah. And, um, whatever walk of life they choose is, is okay. Yeah. And we'll support them in that. And, uh, we, we do want to be careful about messaging that's anti-family that would say that families are bad or families are not good or are too hard or kids are, are not, you know, are too expensive. I think that messaging is, is dangerous in making yeah. a decision, but, um, we, 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 we really value the power of family in our lives and yeah. we, we hope that our kids will get that experience as well. And, um, we also want them to know we'll always love them no matter what. So, all right. <laughs> so with that, go and wrap up yeah. and invite you guys. If you've enjoyed this and it's been valuable to you, or you know someone that's kind of trying to raise kids and find a way to bring spirituality into their lives, our boys are 15, no, 17, 15, and 11. 11 and they love this. And so try it out yourselves. Share with us what you've found either on Instagram at Stream of Freedom or in a review section. And we'd love to hear your feedback. Yeah, we would. So until next time. All right, guys. Catch you later.